0: Cheese heads. Cheese heads. Get on your feet. It's Curd and Law. Hosted by Sparky Fiker and Ryan Horvath.
1: Maybe it's the cold. Maybe he's having issues with his hands. I don't know. But I mean, he was just off a majority of the night, Paul.
0: Yeah, he absolutely was. And, you know, in that early going, those first two drives, there were those three in a row inaccurate passes. And I tweeted this out and I thought that it could have been you know the Monday night atmosphere because we've seen throughout the course of the season even going back to the preseason like there was this little period for Jordan Love to get going within games before settling in finding his rhythm you figure okay it's Monday night football but that never ended up coming he was as you mentioned off the entire night Matt Lafleur said afterwards just the passing game in general was and this was a breakdown of, of all three phases within this Packers team. There were really two things that I earmarked in terms of, all right, if the Giants are going to you know pull off the upset in this game, it's going to be because the Green Bay Packers aren't able to generate pressure uh, which they re- didn't do that well. They weren't able to convert those opportunities into sacks. Believe it or not, I know not watching this game, but Tommy DeVito had the highest pressure to sack rate in football coming into this game. Yep. Uh, the Giants as a whole have given up 69 sacks this season. That's 12 more than the second most in the NFL. And the Packers, they just weren't able to to bring him down. The the edge rushers, the defenders, whoever were getting, in, getting towards him, got too far upfield, created those running lanes, and also – It it looked like on those read option keepers that DeVito had that the Packers had not planned for that, didn't know that that was a part of this Giants offense because they did not have a game plan for that whatsoever. Special teams unit, two more penalties, missed field goal, uh, the Keyshawn Nixon fumble. like It was just a breakdown across all three phases of this game. And somehow, because they're going up against a not so good Giants team, they still had the opportunity to pull out the win at the end despite all of that. But it was there was just too many of their own self-inflicted wounds for them to overcome. And it gave us a flashback to about six weeks ago, eight weeks ago of this Packers team that we had seen at that time. I don't know who brought it up.
1: I couldn't tell in the press conference if it was Demofsky or who it was. But somebody brought it up to love as far as, you know, earlier in the year when you were losing close games it was the offense that couldn't get the team over the hump. And that was different Monday night football because Jordan Love was able to get them over the hump. The first touchdown pass to Malik Keith that they ruled incomplete. And then the second touchdown pass to Malik Keith, it was an unbelievable play. Like, he wasn't even in the end zone. and He just reached over as as he caught that ball to give him the touchdown. But they were able to complete that. And if you go back to Aaron Rodgers' first year as a starter – that was the theme. Well, they only won six games because he kept giving them the lead and the defense kept giving it up and they would have won more games had their defense been any good at the end of football games. And I had no faith that they were going to hold them from not getting a field. I had zero faith that that was going to happen unless Saquon Barkley fumbled the ball all by himself again. I didn't see that happening. Uh, but how much of a, of a confidence builder do you think that really is? Even though they didn't win the game, to be able to rally back like that and take the lead with a minute, what was it, 33 left, I think, to go in the game. As far as for the young wide receivers, for Jordan Love, and probably even more so for Malik Heath, uh getting that second chance at a touchdown.
0: Yeah, I think that's huge because, like you mentioned, there had been several instances early in middle portion of the season where they weren't able to come up with those scores. And this is the second time in four games uh, Jordan Love did, and the offense did this against the Chargers as well. So I think that in itself shows the growth. And also just quick side note, the the message that love has had to these receivers all season long that he keeps reiterating in the locker room when we're around him is that regardless of what happens to play before, keep your head up because I'm coming back to you. And I think that those back-to-back throws to Malik Keith were prime examples of that. It was First off, those were, two, despite how poorly the game had gone for Jordan Love, those were two extremely impressive throws by him in a clutch moment of the game. Don't want to overlook that. But Malik Keith, you know, it was a, the defender came up from behind him to break up the first pass. Love goes back to him the very next play. I just thought that that perfectly embodied, you know, everything that he's been talking about to these guys this season and the confidence that he's instilling in them. So I thought that that was great in terms of just the overall growth for this offense. And we can look at the defense, obviously, for their their breakdown on that final drive, the big uh, rushing plays to Tommy DeVito that they gave up in this game. But they're also part of the reason why the Packers even had this opportunity to come back to begin with the the heads up play by Carrington Valentine in the defense to pick up that fumble and we'll, we'll give the referees a little credit for not blowing the play dead to at least give them the opportunity to run the ball back. Uh the Jordan Love had the interception, the fumble, you know, that the defense didn't allow any points off of those turnovers in the first half. The Giants started with the ball at the Packers 32 and didn't end up with any points. So, I'm not sitting here saying all this to absolve the defense of their performance. They gave up another 200-yard rushing performance to an opponent. That's the fourth one this season. There are plenty of issues that need to be addressed on this unit, but my point being it all goes back into that everything about this 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 game for the Green Bay Packers in each phase went horribly wrong, and there were some, some aspects of it in each of the phases as well that went right and that gave the Packers the opportunity to be in the position that they were in to try to win the game at the end.
1: Carlton misses that uh, first field goal, uh, the second field goal that he hit, got put in that situation because of a huge sack uh, against Jordan Love. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't help but smile when they show the replay and you watch Walker and Runyon get manhandled and both guys get run over as they come free to get Jordan Love. And both of those two guys have been A and B on my crap list all year long of guys I've had my fill of. Like, I just have. And I know we've rotated guys at right guard. We've rotated guys at left tackle. And now here in the last couple of weeks, we've decided, no, we're good. We're just going to leave these guys in there. So now we're playing them a little bit more. And then I have to hear LaFleur after the game. Yeah, you know, I, yeah, we get, we got we got beat a couple of times. But for the most part, I think our offensive line looked good. I'm telling you right now, Paul, if this team doesn't draft a tackle in the first round of this draft, I am <laughs> going to lose my ever-loving mind on somebody. I hope Gudikun sees things differently than how LaFleur sees things with this offensive line. Because these two guys, I'm telling you, are killing me right now watching this week in and week out. And you could say, well, Rasheed Walker is better than he was at the beginning of the year. Well, I'd hope so because he played as effectively at left, t- as, at left tackle as you would have played a left tackle earlier in the year. And I haven't I mean, even seen you play football before. It was horrible. So, yeah. So, maybe now we're at to the point of being maybe average, maybe. But, again, in, in those big moments, my God, man, it just drives me nuts.
0: Yeah, and if – if you know for the for the betting man out there my money is on offensive tackle in the first round right now too just given the the need that they have and then it's supposed to be a loaded draft class at that position for the Packers as well so good news there but like you said Matt LaFleur said that they seem to hold up okay for the most part you know the Giants threw uh, a ton of blitzes at them which isn't new the Chiefs did that the Chargers did that a few weeks ago that's what Wink does
1: that's what he does everywhere he's been Michigan Mm -hmm. here wherever he's been a coordinator that's what this dude does regardless of what he's given for personnel he's still blitzing if he had the packer personnel and he was coaching the packers he'd do the same damn thing he would
0: mm-hmm. and one of the interesting aspects of this game for me was the the chess match between the floor and martindale because the packers put on tape last week how they're going to handle blitzes with that kansas city defense and the, the giants are coming off their bye week they've had two weeks to prepare for green bay you knew th- that they were going to throw different looks at the Green Bay Packers in terms of how they were going to respond to them. I think one thing that Matt LaFleur could have done differently is lean on the run game, specifically between the tackles more often earlier on in the game. I felt that there were instances where they either got away from that despite the passing game not working, or especially in that second half when the Giants very much were sniffing out those behind the line of scrimmage plays for Jaden Reed. The floor kept going to those, but between the tackles, A.J. Dillon, Patrick Taylor, both combined, averaged almost four and a half yards per rush. On the season, this was a Giants defense allowing almost five yards per carry. This year, Like that's where the opportunity was, and when your passing game isn't working, I thought specifically between the tackles, there was more opportunity for the Green Bay Packers to lean on that early on, which, as we saw when they did find some success, kept them ahead of the sticks because when things went south in this game, it was, uh, you know, an incomplete pass on first down or maybe a Jaden Reed run ends in a five-yard loss or a penalty, and they were in those second and third and long situations. And that through the early and middle portion of the season was what spelled doom for this offense. Through that part of the season, if it was second and ten, you could basically – you basically knew a punt was coming. Yep. But part of their surge over the last five games is they've been really good on first down or – much improved, I should say, on first down. You're in second and six, second and five. That opens up the entire playbook for you. You can run the ball. You can pass the ball. It keeps the defense off balance and guessing. But tonight, the Green Bay Packers got into way too many scenarios where they were in second, and third, and longs. Uh, allowed that pass rush, pass rush, those blitzes that Wink Martindale dials up to tee off on this offensive line. And in general, you know, part of the reason why the offensive line didn't look as good, at least on the initial viewing, is because Love also just in general was uncomfortable, and that showed when the pressure was around him. Like, it's not as if against Kansas City, the offensive line wasn't allowing pressure. Correct, Love just hung in there, was confident, uh, was comfortable within that chaos around him in that game. But from the start of the game, that that element wasn't there for him. So I think the pressure that did get to him, or as the pocket did start to collapse, it was magnified because that that feeling, that confidence, whatever word we want to use, wasn't there to begin with.
1: Tom, Paul, Bradley again. Packers Wire. Follow him on Twitter at Paul underscore Bradley. You can follow me at Sparky Radio. Take a quick time. out, come back on the other side. And I want to talk about uh, a play call or a variety of play calls that I want Matt LaFleur to get out of his playbook, burn. Like, we'll have a party. I don't care. We'll have a party. We'll burn a certain set of play calls that he's running that is driving me and every other Packer fan nuts. That's next here on Curtin Law.